Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swole podcast, the show voted most likely to use the word finger blasting three years in a row. I'm Caleb. <laughs> and I gotta go fast. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Oh my god, I didn't know you were gonna fucking do that. For anyone who thinks we plan out shit, you're wrong. We don't plan out anything. I think I think the only time we plan out something is if we say, hey, I have this really funny joke for an intro or a lead-in. And that's about it. Yeah, and I don't know, even then, I like keeping you on your toes. Oh, man. How are you, friend? Uh, pretty good. I got uh, my first paycheck from job, so I'm back on the board, baby. There you go. Uh, I used it to buy magic cards because <laughs> I'm a fucking man child. It's so true. Yeah. Uh, actually, I uh, a friend of mine I used to work with at at the bar back in our old college town. He works for the company as well, and like gave me a good recommendation before mm-hmm. I got hired. So. Uh, I used some of my first paycheck to go and get him a, uh, a thank you gift. So I got him a bottle of Knob Creek bourbon and, uh, which leads me into our swell segment. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, because while I was there, I got myself a bottle of old crow bourbon Oh, no. Uh, so I made myself an old-fashioned because a shitty alcohol is for mixed drinks. In cooking. Fine dining. Yeah. In breathing. Everyone remember that SpongeBob episode where Squidward tries to convince William that he works at a fine dining restaurant so he converts the Krusty Krab <laughs> into a fine dining establishment and forces SpongeBob to remember nothing but fine dining and breathing? And then William oh, yeah. asks him if he remembers his name. And then he can't remember his name, so he kind of explodes and like turns into a, a wild beast. That was the show. It's that's that's that weird episode where SpongeBob was a Pokemon and could only know four moves for some reason. <laughs> it's true. Um, oh, I did want to bring up my my Friday, uh, which was honest to God one of the worst Fridays I've ever had at, at a job ever. So. I don't know how many of you live in California. Well, actually, I, I, I would know if I looked it up on uh, Podbean to see our geography statistics, but uh, I don't care that much right now. So uh, California has these labor laws that are extraordinarily friendly towards the employee. Um, 
basically, if you are term like if your place of business fires you, they have seventy two hours to give you uh, your final check, which includes any paid over uh, paid wages, and then a uh, paid over or paid time off. Uh, however, if you resign with at least a week's notice, uh, your your place of employment has to give you uh, your check on your final day, uh, as basically as you're leaving, uh, or they incur penalties, uh, such as paying you more money. So there's hmm. that. Uh, so because of that, and because of my experience with California law, that is basically how I got my my current job, uh, and they basically stuck me on California. Which, uh, based off of those two rules that I just told you about, is the most demanding sector for uh, manual checks and on-site checks. Uh, So I had to cut roughly 20 checks on Friday uh, where I attempted to get other work done and couldn't. Because these checks took my entire fucking day. (laughs) (sighs) It was great. It was so phenomenal. I can't tell you how phenomenal it was. But uh, so there, there's that. Uh, California, you suck. I bet you miss uh, working in Pennsylvania, which is a right-to-work state, which means that nobody gives a shit about their employees. Well, there's still there's still laws like you still have to pay out any due wages by their next pay date. So like whatever would be the next sequential pay date for that pay period, that's when it would get paid out. Uh, as opposed to mm-hmm. California, which makes it next to impossible to be an employer in California. It's it's actually a miracle that places are like businesses are made in California, and like people have employees in California with those kind of laws. Uh, my my swill is Tanqueray, uh, just regular Tanqueray and uh, tonic. Uh, I would have drank Rangpur, but then Nick would have shot me in the chest for talking about Rangpur for the the third time in like six weeks. Because as we know, if I if I drink the same thing for weeks on end, Nick gets mad. Uh, so so I just why it up. I don't know. Remember remember when I had Gilby's gin for like uh an entire fucking year? I mean, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't say okay. I might be mis- misstating it by saying mad, uh, but he likes to make fun of me, and I don't want to be made fun of. I already d- do and say enough stupid things <laughs> that I don't need to be and, made fun of. And I'm going to hop into some aviation gin. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, But I did thank Gerald for sending me some Rangpur, Tanqueray Rangpur, and uh, I got a, a, uh, a gin recommendation from two people, uh, Morgan from Bad Reception, and I want to say Alan from uh, uh, Interrupted Tales. I'm assuming that's who runs their Twitter account. Uh, but they both recommend Hendrix and Gin, so that is on the shopping list for the next time I go shopping for booze. You know, Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. He makes gin now. Uh, speaking of that, let's murder aliens into uh, news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. That was an attempt to not say hop. I don't know if I get the joke slash reference. Wasn't Lance Hendrickson in uh, Aliens? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah, okay. It, I was just he trying was to Bishop. use... Yeah, I was just trying to use a, a, a like an adverb sort of thing, uh, but not say hop. Basically, that's basically what it came down to. Uh, you should have said, let's hopper is alive into news. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about that first. 
so at least they're not bullshitting us. Uh, they released a teaser for Stranger Things four, uh, which is Hopper working at a a Russian gulag work camp. Yeah, uh, they shaved his head. Uh, so so this is the origin story for his character in the Black Widow movie. Man, if there's any movie that looks fucking atrocious, it's that movie. It looks so bad. And I like everyone in it. It's just, that script is awful. It looks <laughs> just so awful. Um, but yeah, uh, people are like, uh, all right, annoying little thing that the internet does that I saw, uh, that I take extraordinarily seriously. Uh, this is called a teaser. This is not a trailer. This is a teaser. It's teasing mm-hmm. events in in the season. It's not showing you like a a two minute recap of basically the general yeah. premise of it. This is a teaser. This is a teaser. This is a teaser for collectors. It, it's it's just giving your cock a little tickle. Yeah. It's not. Stop calling it a trailer. It's not giving you a story outline. I'm sorry. It's it's a pet peeve of mine. You English has like specific words that mean things. Let them continue to mean things. I think you're barking up the wrong tree there, bud. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, just to just to finish up thoughts on this, I remember saying like immediately after, like, don't bring back Hopper. Like after we watched season three, don't bring back Hopper. But then like three months down the road, I was like, all right, we all fucking know he's alive. Just bring him back, and they they, they did it. So I'm happy with that. Uh, you know, if that was the first ten minutes of the show, like just leading up to him being in the work camp, I'd been okay with that too. But yeah, this is fine. I uh I'm enthused. I'm anxiously awaiting the fourth season. Well, I wonder when did we start getting Netflix or uh, Stranger Things season three teaser stuff? Uh, I want to say it was was it the a Super good Bowl? six to eight months before? I think it was the Super Bowl. That seems right. Because that's when we got the first trailer for it. I think. Cause like, so uh, are they going to do another summer release for this, or are they going to go back to Halloween? See, Ashley's heard Christmas. Or weren't they talking about doing a Christmas release yeah, for it? I've heard Christmas. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, we were talking... Uh, we'll, uh, peek behind the curtain. We already recorded our review with Colby Mack, but we were talking about how, like, the Rock Ryan Reynolds Gal Gadot movie for Netflix is probably going to be released around Christmas time, like the other big Netflix releases of like shows and movies. So like Stranger Things is going to compete with that, and like by compete with, I mean that's or, going to or have more to accurately, that's going to have to compete with Stranger Things. Exactly. So like I think they're going to kill that thing. Like really, I remember. Th- like the 4th of July happened and nothing else of consequence came out in July. Like they just were like, here's stranger things month and everything else didn't fucking matter. And you have to do that. And they're not going to do that with a Christmas release, especially if they're going to attempt for Academy Awards again this year, because that's when we got stuff like two popes and marriage story, you know, uh, things that people cared about in terms of awards consideration. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I know. That's why I do this show. Because I'm so fucking Hooray. smart. Smart. Uh, speaking of smart, uh, Netflix 
decided to give out uh, to all the boys I loved before for free to all non-customers and customers alike. Uh, all you had to do was click the link for the, the movie and it would play for free. Uh, and uh, IndieWire had an article about it and how uh, this might be a sign to come of Netflix's new marketing strategy. Uh, what do you think it of It won't this? be. Correct. <sighs> I don't know. It's 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 a thing they did. Yeah. Um. But don't read too much into it. Uh, I remember one time as a promotional thing, Pizza Hut gave me a DVD of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, <laughs> but they didn't start renting movies. So I, sometimes companies just do things. Yeah, I think this is a test because we've seen other streaming services do this where they're like, Say okay, the first two episodes of this this show are free to everybody, and but then to watch the rest, you have to fucking uh, ex- like you have to continue subscribing to the to the pro to the platform. And I think like IndieWire thinks that's what's going to happen. Also, IndieWire uh, said that Netflix claimed that eighty million people watched it uh, once it went free. To which I said, your your number was unsourced, which means it's bullshit. Because, yeah. like, you're idiots. Like, good journalism, everybody. Like, if Netflix said that 80 million people watched To All the Boys Had Loved Before, I'm pretty sure we would have fucking heard about that. Right. I, I had a whole Twitter thread about it. Uh, let me Let me pull it up so I can at least, like, summarize what I said. Oh, it's basically, like, the 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 IndieWire article was saying like Netflix subscriber gro- growth is declining, and I'm like, yes, that's been true for nine months now because as everyone remembers or everyone should remember, uh, Netflix actually lost subscribers in the U.S. during quarter two of 2019. So like they they basically hit market saturation as of that point. So like they're not going to get any new subscribers in the U.S. So now their marketing strategy has to shift towards retaining subscribers in the United States in Infinitum. So, like, that's that's their marketing strategy. You're not going to get any new people because, like, I guarantee most people who are, understand how technology works have heard of Netflix. So either they're uh, borrowing their cousin's account or they are willfully not subscribed to Netflix at all. So like you're not going to get new customers just by fucking putting free things out in the United States. They did this all over the world, but specifically in the United States, their current goal should be to retain subscribers and nothing else. You can't get any more. I think they have 80 million subscribers in the U.S. I think that's right. It could be 60 million. Uh, and I think last count was like 325 million Americans. So we're talking like anywhere from uh one fifth to one fourth of the population is paying for a Netflix account. I don't know how you can expect for much better than that. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's my long rant on, on people being stupid, especially IndieWire. Fuck you, IndieWire, piece of shit. <laughs> uh Sex Education has been renewed for a third season. Hooray, still haven't seen season two. Really need to get on that. But Ashley is getting on me to watch Grace and Frankie instead, so I didn't contribute to this, but it's still happening anyway. Hooray. Yeah. Um and as Netflix giveth with one hand he taketh with the other, 
Uh, Insatiable has been canceled after two seasons. Did you watch any of the show? Uh, I watched the first couple episodes back when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's not bad. I might come back to this at some point. And uh, never did. So, sorry, I I got it canceled. <laughs> well, I'm the same way. I, I think I watched two episodes and was like, yeah, this is fine. But, like, there's, like, I think we're in that era where, like, we're, like, spoiled. Like, we're, if, like, anything's less than, like, fine. Like, if it's fine or less, right, like, right, there's right, no right. real yeah, reason like, to I watch have, it. Like, I have to be smart with my content choices. Yeah. Like, there's no real reason to watch something like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Birds of Prey. I think that movie's okay. But, like, you can justify spending two hours on a It's Okay movie. Uh, meanwhile, like, Insatiable, I think, was, like, a ten-episode season with hour-long episodes. So, like, it's harder to justify spending ten hours on It's Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and uh, referring to your one hand giveth, one hand taketh, uh, potentially both hands giveth here, Lucifer actually might get uncancelled by Netflix. Uh, it was originally scheduled to uh, have a 16-episode fifth season and then end. However, uh, according to some metadata within Netflix, it's actually becoming more popular and more people are watching it on Netflix. So they might uncancel it and give it a sixth season. Yeah, the uh, Twitter mob must feel so empowered now. Oh my god, that didn't get me started. If, if this fucking happens... Sa- hashtag save the OA. Hashtag save sense8. Hashtag save insatiable. Hashtag save whatever is going to be... Hashtag save Bojack Horseman. Uh, there are those people out there. <laughs> it, I know. It's, I know it. It's amazing to me. Uh, but whatever. But, like... Uh, there there are specific reasons why I don't like giving the mob power, and that's one of them. Because I the last thing I need is for these people to be encouraged by this. Yeah. Like that's cool for Lucifer fans. I hope you're all happy. Like, I, like sincerely, that that sounded sarcastic. Like, but I hope you are happy that you're getting more of this show because it could have been done after f- five seasons, which, like, I'm sure you would have been fine with. But, uh, I, mob mentality fucking blows. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us for the news. Uh, let us move on to the next segment, which is titled "Downstream." Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Alright, uh, both of our trailers this week are for uh, the, a sequel series, or, or a sequel season to a television series. Our first is for Altered Carbon Season 2. That's right. Uh, this is the one with Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks a lot like the first season. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't know, yeah, I don't know about this. Like, I was intrigued by the first season because it was new and something different, and this just looks like more of the same. And, like, that's fine, but that show is also fine. And we just talked about how, like, it, I don't feel like I want to waste my time with a fine Man. show. The, uh, the, uh, missing girlfriend or whatever that they referred to in the first season is, is back in this. I think she's actually real in this, too. Like, I think they might yeah. have her, her sleeve or something. She's in a baddie. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. Well, She's in that lady? One... Yeah, I think so. That's what it seemed like. 
that's that's actually interesting. But uh, I might give that a a one episode watch. So uh, I don't know. Uh, this comes out the same day as uh, p- the Pokemon movie, and uh, obviously we are watching the fucking Pokemon movie and reviewing that instead of this. Well, yeah. Come on. Uh, but uh, I might give this a little bit of my time just to see, like, does it feel any different than the first season? And, like, based off the trailer, it doesn't really feel like it, but I don't know. They could grab me with, with, with a one or two episode arc. Yeah. Who knows? Um, speaking of hoping things are better than the previous season, uh, Castlevania season three got a trailer. Sure did. Uh, and, and it's tagline, e- even the dead or even evil doesn't stay buried, uh, which obviously references Castlevania three. Is that right? Is it Castlevania three? Where uh, uh, Trevor has to come back and kill Dracula again. Yes, I think maybe. Spoilers for this season, everybody. Dracula's alive, and he's going to be the final fight at the end of the season. Because that—that's—that's yeah. that's the plot of a game. Yeah, he's the final boss. Um, I wonder if they're gonna introduce the fourth member of the party. Who's the fourth member of the party? Uh, so in Castlevania Three, you had Trevor Belmont. Uh-huh. You had Sifa, uh-huh. who had, like shot magic and shit. Uh, I don't know if Alucard was actually playable in that one, but there was another character who was a thief hmm. that like you could play as him and like, uh, like wall jump and shit to get around levels. I don't know. Interesting. Maybe if they do show this character, uh, we don't see them at all in this trailer or like if we do, yeah. it's somebody we've already met before. Because it's basically like everybody from last season is has amassed their army, and now they're descending upon Transylvania. Sifa's doing more cool magic stuff, so that's neat. Yeah. Her and Trevor are fucking. Yeah. Um, I forget what the Belmont line is, because the fucking games are so convoluted. But uh, yeah, like they they get married. Yeah. I think I think they birth Richter. That sounds right. Let me see. Okay, so Trevor Belmont and Sifa had two unknown descendants, uh, who one of them, their kid was Christopher Belmont. Who? Uh, exactly. Uh, he was in Castlevania: The Adventure. For the Game Boy. Oh, oh boy. I wonder what Dracula's up to. (laughs) My boy. (laughs) This vampire killer whip is what all true Belmonts strive for. Oh, man. Everyone go look up Zelda CDI videos. Those are truly a treasure of the 90s. Um, I think I'm more excited for this just because, like, even with last season, it was eight episodes. They were 30 minutes a piece. So, like, it was still only a four-hour investment. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. At least, like, I'm not wasting all of my time. Like, I and feel that's better the thing, like, it. Even if I want to just rewatch the whole series to be ready for the third season, like, I can just do that. Yeah. So. Oh, you can do that over a weekend. Yep. 
or like a day you're off. Yeah. You can do it while you're fucking. And I do. (laughs) I have a TV over my bed. Just over the headboard so I can see her. We do it it doggy style so we can both watch X-Files. Let's do quick hits. It's a segment. Uh, so we actually kind of talked about to all the boys I love before, uh, in the second segment. So like, that was something I watched this week. Uh, I also watched uh, a couple episodes of Grace and Frankie, uh, that shows I'm getting more into it. So, uh, Ashley will continue to, uh, continue to pull me through that. So I hope I do like it. Uh, but fucking Lily Tomlin is, uh, very hilarious in, in that show. Oh yeah. She's a treasure. Uh, we also tried to watch It Comes at Night uh, until oh, a, no. a, a dog showed up on screen. And then Ashley went up, oh, does the dog die dot com, uh, found out that uh, spoilers. In fact, the dog does die. And then we stopped watching it. So. There's that. Uh, what did you watch, friend? Uh, I decided to revisit the Will Smith superhero movie Hancock. For some reason, uh-huh. um, this is a movie I remember seeing when it came out, yep. and it always just felt like it was almost there, like it was just missing some element to push it up to being like a good movie. Yeah, um, like it's it's a neat idea, but then there's like a, a third act twist that like yeah doesn't feel earned at all, and uh, I don't know. So I was. I was thinking, like, you know, maybe I'll pick up on something now uh, that'll kind of pique my interest and, like, kind of make up for my initial assessment of it. But uh, really, this movie aged like a fine milk. <laughs> um, it's it's not that good. Yeah, I remember being like, eh, like you said, like, yeah, there was it was almost there until that third act twist. Yeah, like, and then it's like, oh, this just fell apart. Like, and, and it's so, it's so frustrating because it really feels like it could be something, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it had a great cast. It had Will Smith, like even towards the tail end of his powers, like when he was still like the big name. Uh, Jason yeah. Bateman, Jason Bateman, Charlize Theron, like that cast should have worked, but it just it just didn't. Like the it, yeah. it was let down by the script almost entirely. Uh, other than that, I watched the 2009 Friday the 13th. Uh, it's basically, like, I want to say soft reboot, but it's really just like a full, supposed to be like a full reboot of the, the franchise. Cause like, there's an opening scene where they kind of show some of the stuff that happened in the first Friday the 13th movie, like with uh Jason's mom which I f- I can't fucking remember her name right now mm-hmm. Pamela Voorhees I'm pretty sure that's it I'll take your word for it but like they don't use the footage from the original movie they reshot scenes with a different actress to like say like hey this also happened but now we're just starting the movie and it's Jason hmm the dude who plays 
Sam on Supernatural is the main guy in it. Oh, uh, why can't I remember his name? I also I always remember Jensen Ackles, but I can never remember that guy's name. I don't know. It was it was neat seeing like a younger version of him romping around. Um, this movie also does kind of a cool thing where, like, they have a group of teenagers go out into the woods and stumble upon Camp Crystal Lake, and like one by one, Jason picks them off, mm-hmm. but. Like at the rate Jason's killing them, you're like, oh no, this movie's gonna be very short. Cause like Jason gets the last one like 20 to 25 minutes into the movie. Oh. And then it fucking fades to black. And then it pops up the title card Friday the 13th. And it's like, oh, that was an, that whole thing was a cold open. And then there's a second group of teenagers. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, cause the, the plot of it is Sam from Supernatural looking for his sister who went missing with this group of kids. Um, I don't know. There's some pretty good kills in it. Uh, a lot of the, like, it feels like a low budget slasher where like, if they're trying to reboot this franchise and make it something like, I feel like they should have really put some more ass behind it. And made it like a big deal. Um, so I don't know. It it feels <laughs> cheaper than the old Friday the 13th movies in a weird way. But like this was also a period for horror movies that like everything was kind of shitty, I guess. Yeah, because I like, think. I don't know. It feels like a 2009 horror movie. Yeah, because Saw was starting to trail off at this point, and like that—that that was like my big reference for horror movies at the time was like Saw movies. So like, of course, uh, someone's excited for Spiral, despite the fact that it's coming out in like May or something, which is yeah. bizarre. But whatever, I can't wait for that movie. Just like I can't wait for I don't know. the f- Fast Nine. The first Saw movie was the only one that really got me. Oh yeah, that movie. The second great. one, the second one was neat, and like even up to. Even up till four, they were pretty good, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The first one is legitimately a masterpiece, though. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple neat kills in it and stuff, and it definitely has the look and feel of a of a Friday the Thirteenth movie. But does but does Jason use a motherfucker to beat another motherfucker? Uh, no, but he does, like, tie a girl up in her sleeping bag and then suspend her by a rope over a campfire and, like, force her boyfriend to watch her burn to death while his leg is in a bear trap. So that was pretty amazing. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then a girl gets hit in the head by a boat because Jason fucking kills the guy driving the boat with a fucking bow and arrow (laughs) and then she just gets fucking rocked because like she's like waving her hands like stop slow down and then the boat just fucking hits her in the head does it knock her block off uh she's heavily disoriented but she doesn't die at that moment hmm okay she got ran over and chopped up by the propellers man versus boat wouldn't the boat just always win? <laughs> <laughs> uh shit. Um, 
I don't know. You, you can watch it if you want, if you're if you're looking for that. But really, the only reason they made this movie is so that they could do Freddy versus Jason. Um, the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street that was like the counterpart to this movie leading up to Freddy versus Jason is also on Netflix. And me and Vanessa tried to watch it and both fell asleep within the first 10 minutes. So, um, which is, which is kind of scary in its own right. Cause then he's going to get us. I will promote the contrarians, uh, discussion on, uh, the nightmare on Elm street reboot, uh, is, uh, very interesting, especially because Julio hates the first nightmare on Elm street. Huh. I don't know. I like the first one. First one's fine. The 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 inflatable doll of the mom getting sucked through the window is hysterical, though. It's yeah. legitimately one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I think my favorite ones would be Dream Warriors and New Nightmare. In case anyone's wondering, Stream Warriors is already taken as a trademark for people who talk about streaming things. Oh, man. That's relevant. That's such a powerful name. I know. Believe me, I thought about that like years ago. What about the Stream Masters? I think so. I don't know if it's trademarked though. I don't know if any of those are trademarked. I still have to do all that trademark research. Uh, the trademark research is for a specific reason. What we about will... what about streaming piles of shit? <laughs> I don't think we can curse. <laughs> but of course, Netflix and Swill might be able to be trademarked. Since I, I looked it up, uh, and it it immediately didn't pop any red flags on on the trademark okay. site. Huh. I pr- I promise you all, the trademark talk actually is relevant towards something that uh, might or might not happen, depending on uh, discussions Caleb and I have in the future. Well, why don't we cut into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hit you with our main review topic... To all the boys, P.S. I still love you. Thank you for being If those clips made you wish for the good old days of TV, I've got great news. Rabbit Ears TV Podcast is back. Each episode, we look back on a beloved series, ranging from the good old days of television to more modern classics. With the help of a superfan guest host... We will review, discuss, and reminisce about some of the most culturally impactful shows ever to air on TV. You can follow the show on Twitter at Rabbit Ears TV Pod, join the Couch Potato Group on Facebook, and check out our episode archives at netflixinswill.com slash rabbit ears. Look for new episodes the third Friday of each month. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress. We hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you, it makes me want to fart. <laughs> it's I hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, we are joined by somebody. Uh, you know, when when you want to enhance your reviews for people's listening pleasure, you have to bring on the Mac himself. And I'm referring to, of course, uh, Colby Mac from uh, the Colby Told Me and Minorities Report Film Podcast. Colby, what up? Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, Kobe Mac, and it's about damn time that I've made my way to the Netflix and Swill podcast. How we doing? Man, I don't think I've ever had that much energy on this show. 
<laughs> he, he balances ah. us out. We have like uh, we're low energy, and Colby's just like, "I'm ready. Uh, I'll put on a, a a happy face for this." And we're just like, mm. "See, Colby can do that because he's not dead inside." <laughs> <laughs> it's a special gift. We've just been beaten down so much doing this show. How you been? I've been really, really good, man. Life is uh, beautiful. It's uh, it's finally things are starting to slow down. At least I, I really, really hope. I hope so too. Man, look at all of us going through life changes and uh, becoming better people and growing. Colby owns an Airbnb, uh, which I-, I wonder if he's heard any of the horror stories that I've gone through uh, with my Airbnb experiences. Uh, I haven't. Okay. Uh, so I have to send you a YouTube link immediately after we finish this. But uh, basically, the Airbnb that I was going to stay in flooded. Uh, like three days before we were going to be there. So, uh, there was that. And then the other one was, uh, it was actually a similar living situation to what I am now, but the, the people whose basement we were renting, uh, just wanted to hang out with us the entire time. We're just like, brah, (laughs) brah, listen. And this was like early in my relationship with Ashley. And I was like, brah, listen, I get to see this woman for like 36 hours, like once a weekend, one a month like fuck off leave me alone <laughs> you want to do it in the nicest way possible <laughs> yes but i'm just like no that's okay we don't get much time to spend with each other so we're just gonna spend it with each other thanks though bye oh man yeah uh before we go much farther dan i just wanted to bring up how you stepped all over my dick about leading in this segment because you had this amazing joke, which was saying the <laughs> Mac himself instead of the man himself. Uh, actually, that wasn't. That's actually directly referencing what Colby says on his own podcast. Yes, but I mean, it wasn't really a joke. It was more of a just a, a reference. I figured Colby would appreciate it. <laughs> I hope I kinda, he does. I kind of liked it. It shows that I listen, Caleb. I listen to him talk. And I especially listen to him when he continually says he doesn't understand how Netflix makes money. And I want to beat him every time he says it. <laughs> listen, I've got my I've got my issue with Netflix. It's funny. I saw your tweet earlier about like Netflix's numbers. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to read this just for Dan. Just for him. Just so I can try to Man, figure it out. I don't fucking know how they make money either. It doesn't make any sense. But it's all it's it's all an illusion. I don't I don't understand how any business makes money. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's all an illusion. And it it, it wound up they were they've been hemorrhaging money for years. I mean, they already I mean, have, but even more so, I should say. You know, it's crazy to think cuz they haven't been around for a long long time. Like this iteration of Netflix has not been around for even 10 years. Correct? I want to say 2011 was when they made the conscious effort for streaming content. And that was when they that was after Blockbuster declined to purchase them, right? Yes. For a hundred yeah. million dollars. Or fifty yeah. million dollars. Just something ludicrous now. Yeah. And and now they don't exist. And now Blockbuster. No, but well, their pop up their little pop ups are so cool. And there is one in Alaska, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think there's two brick and mortar uh blockbuster locations still extant on the globe. Hmm. I think that I think that's what Netflix needs. I think Netflix needs a brick and mortar presence. They got I think theaters. I think got, something like they that. Got one they, of them. They, they've got one. They've got like a theater in New York. And I that's think where the they, money's 
I think they got the one in L.A., the Egyptian. You, I, you know, you know, it's a funny story. I used to work in that uh, vicinity. Uh, I worked, uh, I managed a cafe that shares the same building as the Egyptian theater. Hmm. Yeah, really cool. That was like my first, my first L.A. job, non-acting L.A. job when I moved out there. Uh, it was fun. Fuck, I Caleb, him. I got to show you the the stuntman Colby uh, video that he posted to his Facebook uh, recently. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not plugged into the network. You're no. not going to get me, government. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, oh god, it looks like they took the silencer off the gun. Great, this is amazing. Ah. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> that noise you hear, listen to your listener. Is it's hard. It's hard coming up in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the one show you got the black guy on is just like hitting random good shots, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. That crossed my mind as soon as, as, soon oh, as he texted my girlfriend. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna shoot my gun for 35 minutes." Speaking which, now, we're now I up might have to do minutes. a desk pop. <laughs> uh, my landlord loves shooting his gun. Everybody. He stopped. Uh, this is the perfect time to tell everyone what we're doing. Uh, we're reviewing To All the Boys I Loved Before, P.S. I Still Love You. What a title. It's funny that title worked more than it did for Birds of Prey, huh? I know, right? I feel like that's the thing now, though. Like, uh, I remember I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House and just being like, boy, fuck this title in particular. <laughs> and then Birds of Prey and the fabulous anti- emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Fantabulous. <laughs> came out, and I was like... Hollywood's just doing this to fuck with me, aren't they? Well, it's like, what was the one with uh, Brad Pitt? Uh, Assassination of Justin James by the Coward Henry Ford? Yes, that one. Yeah, all those. Those are fun. Was Never it? fits in the marquee. No, what was the other? What was, it? Sam, was it Sam Elliott who's like the man who killed Don Quixote and Bigfoot or something Bigfoot like that? Bigfoot and, yeah. Oh, and then a classic. Uh, uh, <laughs> Don't be a medicine South Central while drinking juice in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that's the parody of like all the 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 Those, uh, young uh, black adults, yeah, movies, like the menace to society and that kind of shit. Correct. Oh man, I know my movies that I haven't seen. The good old days. Uh so, Caleb, uh, you hadn't seen the seek the or the original before this week, I assume. Uh, did you watch it? And uh, what did you think of the original? Uh, because we honestly we've never talked about this before really on the show. I don't know the uh, the first one I liked quite a bit actually. Um, I don't know. I thought it would just be because we've watched like these fucking tween movies for this show, and I don't know. It's always a pain in the ass, but uh, this one was pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, a sweet story about just kind of finding yourself and. Learning how to express your emotions uh, in a constructive way, and kind of navigate the the social hierarchy, which uh, I I think the closer you get to graduating high school and leaving that behind you forever, you realize it uh, doesn't really exist. So, except maybe it does. I don't know. My my school by senior year, like nobody gave a shit. Everybody talked to each other. There you go. It was also a school of like. 50 kids so <laughs> i've seen the area so, you live in i, I believe yeah, I, I might have a non-representative experience of what american high school is like but 
Yeah, it's uh, it's cute. Colby, what do you think of the original movie? Uh, I, I don't know if you saw it when it came out or if you like refreshed yourself before uh, the sequel. So my wife had asked me last night. She's like, oh, do you need to rewatch the first one? I don't need to rewatch the first one because I remember it distinctly. It's a really, really good high school movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for any high school movie. Like, it's it's my bag, right? Sci-fi films and high school movies. Um, high school was a prime time in my life. And there's a formula to making them work. And I think that this book adapted into uh, this uh, this franchise, it just gets it. You know, so going in to the first one, not knowing anything about it, not even knowing the stars of the film, all I know is that I wanted the, like what Caleb said, I wanted the social hierarchy to be there to kind of say something. I want a protagonist. I want some cute friends that are kind of stock, right? But uh, Mm -hmm. ultimately, I want characters that I can fall in love with and get to know. I want some funny sequences, and I just want like a good heart-filled story. And it's going to be like paint by numbers, but what's going to make it special is the things that it does even past that. And I think that the first one really surprised me. One, Lana Condor, my goodness gracious, she has this electricity to her. It's in her eyes, and it's Mm -hmm. in her voice, and you can't really take your eyes off her. There's something very genuinely sweet, and when we think of like uh, the 80s and 90s teen stars that were, you know, the Jennifer Love Hewitts and the Rachel Lee Cooks and stuff like that. She's not that. And I think that's what's really, really nice about it. It felt fresh. And then my goodness, I mean, the boner I have for Noah Centineo, this guy, he's got (laughs) it. He's got it. All right. I hear some people, you know, popping off at the mouth. This guy, I'm telling you about this guy. Think about it. He's like Joey Lawrence mixed with Mark Ruffalo. I just can't Thank take you. that heat. Someone else says Mark Ruffalo. I'm, I, I just like a young John Stamos. But like John yeah. Stamos, it's, I mean, I could see it, but if you really think about Joey Lawrence. Like some of his expressions, I guess. I don't know. I just yeah. kind of got that vibe. I, I definitely, I definitely get it. But like one, he, he's got, he's got this mastery of his voice and he really knows how to use it. And um, it's a, it's a thing, but he's got it. You know, that tiger beat heartthrob stuff, that guy's got it. So you got those two leads really working this love story and the comedy I thought was written really well. And I was surprised by how well directed the first one was. Um, It was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. Good. I think I, I think I rated it like an eight out of 10. It's not too far off. I I gave it a, a, what would wind up being a seven out of 10 because uh, Mm -hmm. I believe the, the five star, the five star scale, you just multiply by two easy peasy. I know you're not exactly like that, Colby. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a a good movie. Like, like you guys Mm -hmm. said, I I like the the chemistry between the two leads. There was a a good bit of comedy. I mean, even though like Mm -hmm. the main premise of the movie is like super ham fisted, like, Oh, this girl happens to write, uh, perfectly addressed love letters to former crushes, and then they get sent oh, out. Yeah. Which he's in elementary school too. Yes, so. <laughs> I know it's it's kind of amazing there, but yeah, uh, like it was fun. It was engaging. Uh, I felt for those characters. I rooted for them to like eventually get together and like move past their like the high school bullshit hierarchy and into like what seemed like it would be a a very nice relationship. So yeah, it's like like I said, it's like an amalgam of what you guys said about it. Yeah, I also gave it a uh, three and a half out of five. Look at us. Um, very, very good. Like it's three and a half is my general recommendation. Like 
This is a movie that like definitely it's going to be a winner if like you are going through this stage of your life and trying to figure out the things that our heroine is figuring out. But like, it's just a good movie for anybody to throw on at any time yeah. and enjoy. Well, uh, uh, my favorite thing about it is the little sister. Cause she's such a motherfucker the whole time. <laughs> she's a little know-it-all. Yeah. Oh, bit. my favorite, one of my favorite fucking moments in the movie is whenever like the oldest sister goes off to college so the the two younger sisters are just sitting there and the little sister's just like you know it's saturday night i actually canceled plans to be here with you cuz i fig but i think you just didn't have anything going on <laughs> it's like fucking savage no nah, no nah, she's great and i think it's also great that you know just representation on screen um i i like the fact that they chose to go with the you know um characters that don't look like the Rachel Lee Cooks and the Hillary Duffs yeah. and stuff like that. And this is cool. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, people of color that don't get a chance to see themselves on screen. Um, yeah, so it's nice. Kind of to, to follow up on that too. Like, uh, I, I also watched Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters and like between that and like these movies that I watched for the show this week, like, uh, it seems like they're making a, a serious effort to normalize mixed race relationships, which is mm -hmm. uh, very good. Good, good yeah. job, Hollywood. You finally figured it out. It only, it only took them 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the shooting outside my house is finished. So uh, let's, so uh, we've all given our thoughts on the, just start movie. shooting back. I don't know. <laughs> you don't understand. Do this guy is like old John Wick. And John Wick's already fucking old. I mean, like, this guy looks like uh, American dad guy and uh, has <laughs> So like John guns. Wayne. There you he, go. Yeah. And he probably did try to play Genghis Khan at one point. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the new movie. Uh, what is this called? P.S. I Still Love... Wait, no. To All the Boys... To All the Boys, uh, colon, P.S. I Still Love You. That's it. I just have P.S. I Still Love You written down. I don't know why I did that. Uh, <laughs> Colby, you're the guest. Tell us your thoughts. I mean, a sequel always has a really big job at trying to live up to the magic of the first while trying to do something new um, to still feel fresh. Typically, they tend to fail because it's really hard to capture that magic. And it's even harder to try to not repeat the things that worked, especially when you're like an abridged comedy. Somehow, some way, they made this sequel work. And they didn't do it in a way that's like spectacularly different from the first, except that the characters are so fucking charming that they just work on you. And it's a very authentic transition to what happens next. Like if we thought about what happens next in the end of Can't Hardly Wait, or we thought about what happens next in She's All That, you know, this film is attempting to do that. And it succeeded in a lot of ways, and somehow they made this love triangle that you're completely aware of, right? And I kind of get it, right? Usually I'd see some of these films as like have to deal with this long trial. You just get really annoyed by everybody. But we got to keep in mind that these kids, and they are kids, are like, what, 16, 17 years old? 16, 17. So they're going yeah. to make like immature you know, um, decisions, right? And Laura Jean, because everything is through her perspective – 
you root for her, right? But at the same time, you're going through this honest journey of her trying to navigate being a girlfriend for the first time. I watched a lot of films and I don't remember too many films where it focuses on like the responsibility of who she's supposed to be for herself and who she's supposed to be for Peter. Let me tell you right now, I'm a Peter Kavinsky stan. I love that guy. I love him a lot. But there comes this John F***ing Ambrose. And man, <laughs> in any other film, man, yeah, I'm I get it for that guy. <laughs> I'm root for that guy. You know, so I, uh, I, there was this, there was this, this tear in between me, and then somehow they made everything really, really work. I love the pacing in this film. I thought the direction was super slick. Okay, Netflix. Like I said, I, I may be bewildered by your business practices, and you may your your volume is great, your quality sometimes is questionable. This is one of the best filmed Netflix original movies like of their entire catalog. This cinematography and the camera framing in this film is really impeccable. Like one, everything that she bakes looks like it's coming out of like an HGTV show. It looks beautiful. Oh, the yeah. over the head camera shots and stuff like that. Like it's really meticulous and it's very crisp. The way that the camera pulls out in a lot of different scenes. Like it is, it is shot impressively well. And you don't typically get that level of craftsmanship in a high school movie. And the editing with I thought was really, really good too. Um, so like the techno yeah. elements of this film are great. I mean, come on. The soundtrack is is spot on. You know, it, it's really, really good. I think the performances are as strong as what they're supposed to be, you know, for these characters and the times in their lives. And I just think that the plot, while nothing super duper special happens, it's because it's so authentic to how, at the very least, kids of this generation high school are battling a lot of these different things. So um, I <laughs> I loved it just as equally as I did the first. Okay. Caleb? Yeah, like the, uh, the camera work and stuff is something that I tend to not notice unless it's real bad, as we've talked about on the show before. But like the artistry of it just kind of blended into the events and stuff that was happening, which is what you want. Like it, like, uh, like Colby said, this is a, a technically very, uh, adept movie. There's a couple things that were kind of weird that like, I think it might just be a function of having a different director on this. This has the first sequence. That's like a pure movie sequence. That's not just like kids going about their day to day lives. There's a part where like, Laura Jean is sad and she starts lip syncing to music while walking down the hall and everybody walking by her is wearing different like blue outfits mm -hmm. and it kind of pulled me out of it. It was like, okay, now it's just, <laughs> this is like purely the, a movie scene. Where's the tone from the first film? <laughs> yeah. I feel that. But I don't know. It's, it's very, very close in terms of quality. Like I'm going to jump ahead a bit here and say that I'm also giving this a three and a half, but like mm -hmm. if we were doing a, if we did like a percentile scale, I think the first one would be like a 72% and this one would be like a 67. It's a little bit of a step back, but still very good, still very enjoyable. And all the characters are just super endearing. Well then, uh, I guess I'm here to be uh, Raul Novato. <sighs> Oh, and no. uh, shit on oh, everyone's man. hopes and dreams because I oh, hated man. this. Oh my god! Uh oh, <laughs> I 
really hated this. Uh, I especially hate manufactured teen romance bullshit. And this movie just screamed at me. Manufactured teenage romance bullshit. Uh, and maybe this is because as an adult, like I understand like in relationships, you have to actually like talk to each other. Uh, as opposed to just being like, oh, this person said this thing, so this is gospel now. Like, I hate that. I hate that in, in high school movies. Like, you guys can talk. It's not that difficult, but whatever. I don't know. They actually comment on that, though, because, like, the the basic plot of this movie is her losing her, like, youthful naivete about, you know, you find somebody that you're into and then you're you have a perfect relationship forever. Mm-hmm. Like, she, by the end of the movie, she realized that it, it's work and it's always going to take work sure. to keep it together you know what i mean i do get what you're saying though it's just like that overly tropey thing that we get in most relationship movies where like uh the the where the phrase wait i can explain is muttered uh but then the person doesn't let them explain and i'm just like <laughs> cool cool i guess we're back to doing this uh, i think the performances are fine although um the guy playing john ambrose jordan fisher yeah, uh, I didn't really buy it. Like it, it, it to me his the Too way perfect. his character was set up and mm-hmm. delivered was that he was like this fake nice guy. Like his his lines were almost too soft, and like uh, maybe that was like supposed to be a stark contrast to Peter Kavinsky. Uh, like he he was just like this overly nice. Like he kind of spoke in like pillowy phrases and such. And like mm. Kavinsky is like way more direct, and I th- maybe that was a choice, but like I don't, I never felt like he was genuine. I felt like he was always like that, like quote unquote, uh, or actually the r slash nice guys guy that like eventually he was just gonna turn <laughs> out to be like a fucking incel or something. I was waiting for the entire time for him to be like, so I, I want to keep it real with you. Mm-hmm. Um, after you sent me that letter, like. I kind of got obsessive and I found out that you were doing this uh, volunteer job mm-hmm. and I wanted to be here. Yeah. Because it did seem yeah. like he just got plopped be out of nowhere. Weird. Yeah. And just like plopped in the perfect time to like easily work it. So I was hoping for like a whole like loose and, and you know, loose is my favorite film of 2019. I still need to see it. It's on Hulu, but I need to see it. Oh, yeah, definitely do. It's he, John Ambrose feels like, a as Raul would say, a very written character. Yes. That there's not an, like we don't see someone like that in real life, right? And yes. I get that. I get I get that completely. But if I'm looking at it in the lens of Laura Jean, and I'm going to suspend disbelief a little bit, in that this is the way that she sees John Ambrose. It'd be interesting to see if because I hear that there's a third film. If like maybe like if we shift the perspective and John Ambrose is a douchebag or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. But I I get what you mean because he's yeah. a little bit too. He is really really polished, right? And it's like, he's no, like one, he's playing the piano to her mm-hmm. and it's like, so, so I, I want him to be like, oh, by the way, I wrote this song for you. I'm like, mother, come on. Like, he's just, yeah. he's too, <laughs> he's too smooth. He's got the perfect teeth. I like his hair. Like he's like, that's, he's short like me. So like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter Kavinsky's everything that I, I can't be. So right. like I, I vibe with Jordan. I, I like, I, this guy is really Really good. And if the circumstances were different, Lara Jean and John Ambrose, they'd be great. Like, they just, they had that vibe. But then, like how movies do, and, and it is one of those movie contrivances, right? 
they had a kiss and then they realize ah, it's not peter yeah i mean ashley well, and i were having a bit of fun towards the end we were like man if the third movie it turns out that fucking uh john ambrose is a serial killer i'll love this franchise forever like, i don't care <laughs> i don't care how out of left field it is like but if he turns out to be a fucking serial killer this is the greatest movie franchise of all time oh man i i suppose we haven't actually uh stated what the plot is about so i'll do that real quick um so following up from following up from the first movie laura jean and peter have just taken their relationship from pretend to officially official when another recipient of one of her old love letters enters the picture also they do this thing at their high school where they volunteer for like public service and laura jean goes to work at the fanciest fucking nursing home ever uh, and meets a really cool old white lady who loves meddling in little children's lives Thing. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could Son just play of a bitch, the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. <laughs> yeah. Where is this town at again? I, like, I completely Oregon. forgot where we were. This is Oregon? Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. I mean, that was the fanciest of places <laughs> yeah, right? uh, to work at. It's I a mean, very it's... affluent area, obviously. Oh my gosh. I mean, at that point, like, if you're Wait, that is this, affluent... Is it Portland? Are they in Portland? Portland? Uh, maybe? Jesus, is it I think it's... I, I thought it was, like, Portland or Seattle. One of those Pacific Northwest yeah. Yeah, it, It's definitely places. Oregon. I think the books are set in Portland, like a suburb of Portland, but I can't be too sure. It is super swanky, though. Yeah. Um, a nice, nice little cushy, uh, you know, job. But so, so like this film, it picks up, a, like right after the events of the first one. Is that right? Pretty much. It, it doesn't really explain that at the beginning because, like, in the first movie, when the banners come up, it's like, all right, we're in October, November, December, January. In this, it's just like acts of a like of a book that you would see. It's like there's like yes. this four act structure where it's like, all right, relationship, happiness. Uh, something else uh, resolution and you're like okay so like as opposed to like these months going by we're just talking about like a relationship developing as opposed to you know this the, the, as they say it before in the movie this contract is being fulfilled so like that no. was that was interesting from a production level hmm. that, that was my thought yes that I was, agree thank you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I want I want to say something about the soundtrack and what Colby said. Uh, I hated the soundtrack mainly because what? like mainly because they were just covers of these songs. Like they were very indie covers of these songs. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fine. But like, if you're gonna use these '80s songs that people who are uh, way less talented than the original artists are gonna do it for, like the then like the original artists who sang the songs are doing it, like fine if that's the vibe you want to go for. I don't have to like it. True, I think that's a matter of taste and knowing who this film is like marketed for and packaged for. Like we are definitely not the audience for this. Oh, absolutely not. Like we're all in our thirties. Like. We're over this yeah. keen bullshit. We're just like, all right, fuck it. Uh, you're the simplest solution. Just fucking get on with my life, please. Please. Yeah. No <laughs> I don't know, but also, like, I also went through a lot of situations that are very similar to what 
is in this movie like when I was going through that teen bullshit so I can relate to it like I can derive enjoyment from it on that level sure uh I think it's well documented along the course of this podcast that uh, I am not what is proverbially uh, proverbially known as a ladies' man. Uh, so I never really had like <laughs> a love triangle situation kind of thing. I, you know, I've had I don't know. I've dated girls a, a fucking and moved on. a fucking triangle would be a slow weekend for me, buddy. <laughs> yeah my man caleb's all about that trapezoid uh, fun yeah yeah those fucking love pentagons man i, I, I love me a good love rhombus yeah yeah a it's fucking a, it, love it, it, dodecahedron dodecahedrons <laughs> <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to get there like my first two years in high school were very different than my last um i got a um it, it was it was a haircut that did it um mm. Yeah, one summer, my friends they they called the pussy cut. Um, I got, I, I got <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll probably I'll, I'll probably post the the difference. It's just like one summer I lost like fifteen pounds and I got this haircut. It was like this this shorter S curl, and I came back to school eleventh grade, and yeah, the, everything just changed. And I turned I w- I went from like the you know the chubby you know like really funny guy that everybody wants to be their friend to like oh he's that chubby really funny guy that like i'd want to get with oh on the yeah so um yeah it was uh yeah are, was, are you saying that you were a moped oh let me tell you something bro <laughs> it was oh I, I was i was the definition of 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 a manho in in high school um and i don't feel good about it i use my powers for evil i use them for good now i would hope so the mini Mac hopes so too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough, but you know what? I got I got I got it all out when I had the chance. So I can see myself yeah. in a lot Just of these sowing your wild oats. Oh yeah. Well, think about it. like so like I was like I want now that I had like the attention of people and stuff like that. I never had that before. It's like I was like all right, I'm going to see what I can do with this. So like I knew how to turn on my John Ambrose, right? Like be like the friend, really like, you know, be super, you know, like listen well and stuff like that. Right. Girls love that shit. And then turn on like, you know, uh, the Peter Kavinsky. And then what's what's the Asian kid? His friend. What's what's that guy? Uh, Trevor. Trevor. It's a weird name for that kid. But all right. Yeah. Trevor. Right. I was never that guy. (laughs) That was never that guy. Um, But I was uh, Laura Jean's friend. Um, oh my god what was his yeah 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 i was i, I was i was him no not i mean the, the, oh, the, the black kid the black kid the black oh, gay kid. why don't i remember his name uh, I know. joey shit was that his name joey? see that that's another thing is they underutilize him in the movie so i can't remember they his do, name because they send him a letter in the first movie and he like and then it's like he shows up two more times to like affirm that they developed a friendship, yes, but like mm-hmm. not enough for him to just be in the fucking movie. Like it, it almost felt like tokenism to a bit. It did. So my wife, my wife asked me because it's funny on another podcast we were talking about magical negroes, and she's like, "Is he a magical <laughs> negro?" <laughs> oh my god! And I'm like, um, like one, I could not remember him enough. I knew that he got a letter, right? Yeah, but like there was things that he was doing in this film where like. They were genuinely invested, like who he was, right, and the dynamics of their friendship, where they're kind of in a similar place, in that she should feel good about, like you know, what she has because he can't have that since there's like only two gay kids in their school, mm-hmm. which is it's Oregon, which I'm surprised by that, but yeah, right, um, <laughs> yeah, they're in but, like a big city, yeah, 
I'm just very, very surprised, you know, that there that there's only, you know, two out kids. But um, I don't know if he, maybe he is a magical Negro because he's kind of just there to prop up her. Yeah. A little bit differently, though. It doesn't feel the same. I like, what's your favorite? What's your favorite cinematic magical Negro? Because mine would be the one from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I mean. The, the soothsayer. <laughs> So I, I I was thinking about this. Um, it's probably Morgan Freeman, and Morgan Freeman has is a magical Negro in a lot of films. Um, yeah, probably Morgan. Well, Morgan yeah, Freeman every has, time every time he shows up to explain something, <laughs> he earns a freckle. Yes, uh, Morgan Freeman as God in Bruce Almighty. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> like, that's about as magical as you can get. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the fact that it, it's very it, it was very very interesting, and it's not that it like hurts the film. It's just a trope that gets played out, and there's high school tropes as well. Oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm surprised that there was no focus on like a super slutty chick because you typically always have those in a high school film. Yeah, and this never went that route. Well, um, you think they, it's going to be Jen. But like you, think you do, but but Jen gets very humanized in a way that yeah. I thought was like really sweet in this film. I don't yeah, know definitely. if it feels earned though to me because like hmm. we never got like that before shot of their friendship. It was always like you would always hear about their friendship before Peter in passing, and mm-hmm. then like that moment happens in the treehouse, and you're like, okay. But this kind of feel like I understand what they've gone through since we've been introduced to them. But like I have no context for what their relationship was before that. So like, so what they have to do now is to make a prequel movie called "To All the Boys That I Love," or "To oh. All the Boys I Spun the Bottle To," <laughs> "To All the Boys I Love Currently." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like that would be. It would have to end up being like a super comedy. It would have to be in like the same vein as. <laughs> Good boys, because like those are like we're not we're you know, we're sixth graders now. I don't know how much I'd be able to tolerate like a fifth grade love story. I, I don't know. No, not at all. <laughs> I can t- I can already say it. I can barely stand kids as it is. Uh, when I went to my Sonic <laughs> showing today, I was I forgot that you know Sonic was made for children. So at my eleven fifteen <laughs> Sonic showing, there were kids there, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a kids okay. movie. I I have to share with you my favorite moment from my screening of Sonic. So James Marsden discovers Sonic in his garage, shoots him with a tranquilizer gun, puts him in the house. He's like in a dog cage, like laid out on the table, just like knocked out. So like there's a moment of the movie where it's like dead quiet and a little kid in the front row turns to his mother and says, he didn't mean to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, child, the movie's over after 30 minutes. You got it. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh man. No, but this 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 was there's a lot of stuff. And 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 hey man, if it didn't work for you this go around, like it can just like I said, it it's hard to be a sequel and try to find new ways to not like cause there's times where I think as men, right? Mm-hmm. Not to say that we're in the camp of Peter, but it's like, come on, give this guy a break, you know? Like <laughs> one, you got the you got the big you got the you know the big guy on campus, and there comes a responsibility with that. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, the big like, dick yeah, energy. I mean, come on, this no no like right. He's got the entire school swooning over him. He opens up his locker, and there's like this flooding of like Valentine's Day cards. That's gonna be tough, and he's not completely aware of like how to be sensitive to Lara Jean about that because he's never had to be. Right. Like Jen probably just play along. It was like, all right, I'm just here for the ride, you know. And you know, and I really love how tender he was. And 
This doesn't happen often. That's, I don't want to say sex scene, but the scene of like the intense kissing in his Jeep. He's got a really nice Jeep, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, he's I thought that was of course scene, he does. It's very, yeah, yeah. I thought that scene was handled with a lot of care. That's where oh, like yeah. the yeah. films that we grew up on, that would have been the scene that like really would have shifted the movie. Well, right. That that scene would have been like, oh, they just do it. And instead, it's just like, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And he's like, oh, okay. And just backs off. Yeah. Like, that's that's what we need in today's day and age is like yeah. people to say like, hey, it's okay to say no to no- Noah Centineo every now and yeah. then. Like, you can say you're not he, comfortable. He, he says those magic words that every girl wants to hear. I'm okay with it. And, you know, if you ever want to take that next step, I will enthusiastically participate. And then he stops talking. Yeah, what a gentleman! Tell you, this what guy a, is a good guy. guy. He's a guy's a Greek god. So it's like, how could you not cheer for him? Even though it's like it's this, like he was this... built in a fucking lab. <laughs> he was no in the movie star lab in Hollywood. Like this, these these are the these are the way that they build these guys up. And this is a Disney kid, right? Like he got to start. I forget on what show. And it's like he's he's oh, paying really? his dues, and it's coming around now. Yeah, he's a, he's a he was on some Disney show, and this guy he's. He's really, really got it. Um, the, I mean, and, and the fact, like, even I was, it's so weird when I keep seeing uh, the dad. What's the dad from Sex and John Corbett, right? Yeah, he's. I know him from my big fat Greek wedding, but okay. See, I know him from Sex in the City, right? And I'm just like, bro, you shouldn't be in this movie. There's something whenever I look at you, it takes me out. But even his little sweet kind of, you know, uh, flirtations with the lady from across the street, it was cute, and that could typically, uh, typically take me out. Of mm-hmm. like a film where like you have all this other thing introduced, but it was kind of sweet, and then it made for like a nice little moment. I I don't get. I mean, one if you're gonna have celebrate a new holiday, you probably want to put it like you know at least six months out from the last one, not March, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just spread them out a little bit. <laughs> spread them out a little bit, but uh, but it was definitely it was cute. Um, what else didn't you like about this? Now I'm 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 actively trying to make you change your stance on this. <laughs> well, I, I just well mainly the writing for me is is the big issue in, in like okay. this manufactured teenage melodrama that you know like I get what they want to go with with for her uh, for Lara Jean's character. She's not mm. really confident in what she like. She never thought she'd get this far with with yeah. a relationship. She always like it, it, it to me in the back of her mind. She always felt like she was going to be single. And now that she has a relationship, she really doesn't know what to do. And I think that's a great idea. But -hmm. then they throw in John Ambrose and then they throw in Jen on top of that. Like, I, I think you didn't have to go so over the top with like trying to shove, you know, adversity into this relationship. I think Mm -hmm. there isn't, was enough adversity in her trying to figure out what she should be doing and Mm -hmm. what, like, and how, uh, Peter needs to adjust to her because she is much different than Jen. So like, I feel like if the movie just focused on them and didn't have those outside elements, I would have liked it more. And then you can bring in the outside elements to test a relationship, but like testing a relationship immediately after we just went through this whole thing where it felt like the relationship was being tested in the first movie as it was. Now we're going back and we're testing it again with similar elements but just in more volume hmm. no nah, I, I feel that i don't and- know for me like th- there was a good chance that this movie was going to feel tacked on but like it felt like they had enough original material like it it felt like a, a continuation of the movie not just like extra bullshit 
So like I I didn't really feel that. Like uh I don't know, it's 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 own story and it's Oh yeah, like it's I a good story it's in its own story. right, you know, like But I, I just felt like they put too much in is is the issue. And and I could see based on like going in, because like right now, I'm probably feeling like the way that you are with number three. Like I feel really good where we're at. I don't know. And I guess they, they shot these back to back is what I've been told. Is that right? Yeah. Th- this was like the two towers and return of the king. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh man, this is going to be an epic franchise. This is going to win an Academy <laughs> Award. <laughs> Netflix. All right. Put your, put all your money and seek this in right here. All right. Do something special. All right. I want to see an Oscar campaign for, uh, for Lana Condor. Okay. Um, Just for so her I got name no alone. idea. Just her name alone. And, I mean, she's, she's talented, bro. Did you watch Deadly Class on sci-fi? Really, really good. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's got, it got canceled, but it, she's um, <laughs> um, she's a badass. But like, I have no idea where to go because at this point, I think both Peter and Lara Jean they know like what to look out for, right? They've understood of like finding identity inside themselves and along with each other, as well as like what that role is, and it's still working to be defined and like being honest and like you know being you know communicative and stuff like that. So like, I feel like they they got it right. Like yes. the first movie. Can this happen, right? The second movie, can this last? The third movie, please don't tell me that there was some secret letter that Kitty wrote to somebody. And this is going to fuck it all up. I don't know what's going to happen. I already read the plot synopsis for the uh, the oh. third book. Okay. Uh, it's, it's different enough, but mm. I'm after reading it, I am not excited to see that get put to screen. Interesting. So, I almost a part of me wants to know, but a part of me is like, let me just. I'm not going to say what it is because, like, I I think it should be experience. But if you think about the logical conclude, like, there's there's a particular logical conclusion with this movie, or with this this series about a high school romance. Well, yeah, and you it, 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 you you know it because like, every film has that. You know, yeah. it's like okay, how do we? Because they even hint at it here. Um, I think that was with between her and um. And her friend Chris, right? Like they kind of hint at it, like you know, you're gonna go on to college, and then you're gonna like start something new. So like these are supposed. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but will it? La- you know, will they? Will they stand the? I don't really know. Is there is there a great like film that celebrated a high school romance that was able to last and transition through college? Uh, American mm. Pie. Him with yeah. Bandcamp him, girl. Him, him and Michelle. Yeah. Uh. Not a movie, but wasn't. I think that that also happened with the same actress in How I Met Your Mother. I think her <laughs> and Jason Siegel were like a high school fling, and they dated all through college and got married. Hmm. Or maybe they just met in college, but maybe. I can't remember. Uh, I'll never watch that show again to find out. <laughs> I've never watched more than like twenty minutes of an episode. But Caleb, just, you uh, should be with Uncle Robin forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got so mad at that show because they just wouldn't fucking wrap it up was it game of Thrones levels of man uh, how everyone else got mad at game of thrones game of thrones was fine i i know i'm just saying everyone else freaked out about game of thrones it's because everybody's dumb that's true <laughs> it was always going to be that uh i, I guess that's it does anybody have any final thoughts they want to say with uh to all the boys, P.S. I still love you. Ah oh, man. Peter Kavinsky, I love you. <laughs> we'll tag Noah Centineo. We'll have him come to your house. Oh, he better. Because, you know, he, they, he film, they film in Atlanta. 
Not this they movie. Do. If he comes, if he comes to my house, he ain't getting out. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I will say with him, I hope he, cause he's good in romantic comedies, like young adult romantic comedies. I'd like to see him branch out into something else. He was supposed to be He-Man for Sony. And that got, that got, I think that got scrapped a couple months ago. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they just can't get this He-Man stuff right. Even though Netflix is having the, the animated series, they they just dropped like a huge list of voice actors. Oh, that yeah. going to be in that. Um, Kevin Smith produced a He-Man series. Oh, that but, explains um, why his daughter's in it. Yeah, okay. his daughter's in it. Harley Quinn Smith. Oh, God. Harley Quinn Smith. Can get me started. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think Noah's got a bright future. I, I I think if he if he chooses the right stuff and can like still continue to learn, like don't stop, like keep taking classes. Like it it'll only make you it'll it'll only make you better at using your tool, not that tool, but like your tool, your entire body, right? And um, he's he's got it. Like he said, he he's he's got the blessings of the gods on his side. It's just now he's got to really be able to use it. Like, I liked him in Charlie's Angels. I thought he was really, I thought he was good. You know, so I want to see some more of him on the big screen. All right. Uh, Caleb, do you want to say anything? It's pretty good. All right. Uh, ratings. Caleb, you already gave us the, the three and a yeah, half. Three uh, and a half. Colby, also hit them with positive news, and I'll wrap it up with the knockout shot. Yeah, I'm at a, I'm at an eight out of ten, aka four stars out of five. There we go. See, see what we should have done is a positivity sandwich. We put the bad stuff in the middle. And you bookend it. No, 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 no. We, we don't want to take from Sam Hurley. Sam Hurley came up with that. The compliment sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no gimmick infringement here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, instead, uh, I'm going to slather some shit on on this sandwich uh, on on the top, so that way when you grab it, you get shit all on your on your hands. So now it's like two flapjacks, delicious flapjacks with like really shitty syrup on it. Yeah, uh, I'm going with a and one not and a half. sandwich at all. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. You said I, a what? Are you kidding? I, no. Wait, wait. You said a what? I, I, I a said a one and a half. Oh my yeah, god. I don't like this movie at all. <laughs> oh my lord. What the fuck did this movie ever do to you? <laughs> uh, it burned my. It burned our crops, raised our town, and flooded our and flooded our sewer pipes. Did it really? No. But are we gonna wait around for it to do so? This is I O level. I was making a SpongeBob reference. That's per usual. <laughs> this is I O level. <laughs> oh no, I O is infinitely worse than this. I O was like, if I if we went to like half stars, like. <laughs> the half star rating, Io would have been a half star. Oh man, point blank. Uh, this is better than point blank. Uh, I like that. Re- I really like that one sequence, and then that's the only thing I can remember about that movie. The sequence where they yeah, like, like one sequence. Uh, let the car careen down the hill into the building. I, I like that. Yes, that, that right sequence outside was the police station. Awesome. But then the rest yeah, of the that movie was, that was, fun. was so forgettable. <laughs> It was so bad. Nah, I, 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 I gotta. I'm trying to. I'm building a list right now of like my. 2019 Netflix. I'm trying to rate them all, and I'm just trying to remember like all of them. And like one and a half, but like one. Obviously, this is no in the tall grass. That's been abysmal. Okay. Oh, I like that um, movie. Oh my god, it wasn't great, <laughs> but I enjoyed my time with it. I'll never watch it again. So that was one of the rare instances where Dan liked it, and I took a giant shit on it. Yeah. <sighs> and even then, it was like a three. I, I think I said it was like a three. And I'm like, I'm never gonna watch this again. But whatever. <laughs> Gosh, um, nah, man, it's okay. I, I, I will leave you with your one and a half. We'll just have to find out what happens in uh, 
What's the what's the title for the third oh, one? Oh, uh, fuck. That's a great question. I forget. I'm, oh, here we go. It's actually up on his IMDb. <laughs> I was looking up Noah Centineo's oh, IMDb. Uh, to All the Boys, Always and Forever, Lara Jean. And it's in post-production right now. To All the Boys. Is there? Would it come out this year? Yeah, I wonder if they'd put it out this year. I wouldn't if I'm there. Huh. Yeah, but I wouldn't yeah, wait. Yeah, save it for year. next that's, Valentine's but, Day. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's tough though. If you're, I mean, you're this far in the game. Like, you, if you shot it back to back, you did it for a reason. Yeah, well, I think they did that so the actors wouldn't age out of it. I think that's also true. It's like it's like Stranger <laughs> Things. Like they didn't really know what they were doing with Stranger Things, and then like all like of a sudden, oh, yeah. let's just move it forward a decade. Yeah. Fuck hmm. it. We'll call him Pykele. So yeah, uh, that makes sense. I would, yeah, I think Caleb's right. I think this comes out next Valentine's Day. Okay, all right, well. So so there it is. I'm sorry, everybody. Your hopes and dreams have been dashed forever. (laughs) Colby, thank you for coming on. We need to have you on more often. But uh, until those happen, uh, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. Colby, tell them. Tell him, yeah. So you can find your boy. I'm on all the socials at Kobe Told Me on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm on Facebook at Kobe Mac. You can catch all of my written content at KobeToldMe.com. I'm sometimes a contributor at NetflixAndSwill.com. Yeah. Of course, you can follow me and my crew at the Minority Support Film Podcast at M Report Pod on Twitter and my solo pod, the Kobe Told Me Podcast. And remember, when they ask you where you heard it from, you tell them Kobe Told Me. All of those links will be in the show notes, including hashtag Colby does Dolby. Bam. I got to slow down. I'm, I, just, <laughs> Colby, I'm love just a, a little bit. Just a little, little I'm, bit. I'm just waiting for Colby does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big dick energy we need right now down in Texas. So come uh, up there shit. my podcast mic and just start slanging that bad boy around. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, this is fun, guys. Oh, Thank you. I, I, I'm excited to come. What's the next big Netflix like the big blockbuster? You know, what, what, what's the Triple Frontier in March? Great question. We have no idea. I guess <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be Spencer Confidential, but I don't think that's going to be as big as they want it to be. Spencer that's, Confidential. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, and then uh, oh, that sounds like shit already. Who, who was the guy who worked on um that he he does basically like Mark, Mark Wahlberg movies now. I can't remember what the hell his name is. Oh, the oh like my Paul gosh! Something. Berg? No, Peterberg? No, Peterberg. Pe- Peterberg. Okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's it's the him. next Wahlberg Berg. Uh, fucking. It's so like shooter. Or yeah, something like that. It's uh, this at least has Winston Duke in it. So like maybe. Okay. Oh, I think I I missed the trailer on that. Uh, but I, I saw I, that it was. I, out. I can shoot it to you, but the, yeah, the trailer yeah. exists. Interesting. Okay. Huh. I'm 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 due for some action. I thought we were going to... When's that rock one? The rock and uh, Gal Gadot. When's that coming out? Oh, my God. Yeah, the most expensive they announced movie like of a... all time. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if that's Christmas time, like uh, that makes Six sense. Underground was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next big one. I'm here. Book it. Well, uh, we're, we're probably going to continue to try to do more guest spots, so you'll have plenty of opportunity, Colby. I like that. So with that, uh, we're going to... I guess hop, because I, I can't think of any good similar word to that, uh, into a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a dick pic that Gerald picked for us last week. Betty White, the first lady of television. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, 
Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back. Dan, it's time to get into our dick pick for the week. So, we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. Uh, I don't know what the word was that Gerald picked, but we watched Betty White, the first lady of television. And that was it. Television. Okay. I thought it was something like that. For for once, I actually remember what the fucking word was. I'm real proud of myself. <laughs> So this is a 2018 documentary uh, just about her life and career, just sort of a, a retrospective on her. Yeah. So this has behind-the-scenes clips of her work on television and interviews with her friends and co-stars. Uh, so what did you think about Betty White, First Lady of Television? So, I mean, if you're looking for, like, that gritty documentary about, like, Potentially Betty White's uh, more salacious things she did in her life. Yeah, this isn't it. Warts and all. Yeah, this is very much a celebration of who she is as a person and as a, a pioneer in the television industry for women. Uh, I, I know Betty White is an old woman uh, who basically, uh, the first thing I remember her in was um, Golden Girls. I didn't realize what yep. a historic and uh, prestigious career she had before that show even came out and existed in the first place. Uh, from her start on like a television radio uh, mix to uh, having her own late night talk show or talk show in general to uh, being on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Like she really like when they say first lady of television, they ain't fucking lying. Like this woman's an icon in terms of television. Yeah. And in one way or another, like pretty much all of us grew up with Betty White in some capacity. Um, I don't know. I knew about her having her own show uh, and her being on the Mary Tyler Moore show. I never saw any of that, but I don't know. It was kind of nice just going along in this journey, I suppose. And uh, getting a peek behind the curtain at this remarkable life. Like you said, like she really was uh, a pioneer and an icon and kind of paved the way for a lot of other uh, women in film and television. Yeah, and that's like what a lot of them talk about. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll never forget this because I never would have heard about this movie if it wasn't for this documentary, but she was in a, in a Lifetime original movie with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, where she basically plays the the elderly version of a woman who, uh, like I I think like 
her husband or boyfriend was in it had to be husband but was in like a war and was killed but they never found his body so they like they just assumed he was MIA and then they eventually find his body and then like she has to grieve over that so she like she's actually acting as opposed to like doing like acting in like a dramatic sense as opposed to like a comedic sense so like she you see her range but it's in a Jennifer Love Hewitt movie on Lifetime right which, which is kind of surreal to me that like Betty like they just before that had Ryan Reynolds on to talk about her in the proposal and like how great she was in the proposal to, to her doing a television movie for lifetime. And that's the thing. Like she is just so prolific and just does so many things that like, um, she's, she's done like some oddball things. Like, do you remember when she was in Lake Placid? Yes, in fact, Ashley showed me that clip of her in Lake Placid feeding the cow to the thing and her giving the infamous line, if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a legend. I don't know, I forgot that she did the uh, Comedy Central roast of William Shatner. I did too. Those those roasts used to be great, and then they were just like, ah, we're yeah. just going to keep doing them too often. Yeah, I think the, the Bob Saget one was, like, the first one that I saw, and it was, like, really fucking good. And then they had, like, four or five more that were really good, and then it was just like, oh, okay, now now this has played itself out. I, I think it was the, the roast of Alec Baldwin that, in reality, was the roast of Ann Coulter. That was like yeah. kind of the turning point for for that. Like, yes, Ann Coulter's a piece of shit, but like, let, let's stay on let's stay on topic here, folks. Like, oh, that's kind of ironic coming from us, but <laughs> like, I just don't need to see Lisa Lampanelli ever again. Yeah, that's true. Uh she's great. Yeah, like. Uh... I don't know how a warts and all documentary would go over for Betty White, considering like what she represents to everybody. Like yeah. and how she like, yeah, we see like her playing different kind of roles, like not, like not being so naive, but like there's that naivete of her on like golden girls that like, I think America typically associates with her or like people t- typically associate with her. So like I don't I don't know how a worse than all documentary would play. I don't know if people would be receptive to it. If like Yeah, this basically is an hour long fluff piece. Yeah. Which like fine. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh it's a nice tribute to her career. I don't know, the one part of it that was kinda sad is like she has her personal assistant or whatever. And there was like a, a clip of them interacting, like planning out her schedule and shit. Mm-hmm. And like, it just seemed like this. Her assistant was like talking to her, like she's a fucking senile old woman who has no idea what's going on and has to like over-explain shit. Yeah, but then you like see her in like comedic performances, and she's like fucking smart as a whip. Like her comedic time yeah. is on point. So it's like eh, I don't know. Like maybe it's just the fact that like, hey, we want you to schedule this, th- like pretend like you're scheduling this thing, uh, act, and the woman's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you prefer Margaret or Satan's mistress? We've heard it both ways. 
I really like the proposal. I don't think I've ever seen it. Mainly, uh, mainly because that was during Ryan Reynolds' point Netflix, where like is it? he didn't do anything. Like he he was yeah. nothing good. Now we've had the Reynolds sons. <laughs> I hope you all appreciate me coming to terms with the fact that I made the greatest joke of all time. Damn it. I was really hoping the proposal would be on Netflix so I could make you watch it. Eh. Well, things happen. Alright. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is uh this is fine. Yeah. Uh what would you give it? Uh three, I guess. I don't know. It's just it's just a bunch of facts about her life. Yeah. Uh, it's not gonna be anything groundbreaking. No, it's not. It's definitely not groundbreaking. It's it's very much like stock and standard, but still, I I had a good time with it. Like I I enjoyed watching like some of her best of clips from all of her different shows. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, and even seeing about her husband who like died before I even basically existed in the first place. So like, her, like seeing their relationship in the early days was kind of nice. So uh, three and a half. I it's good. It's 55 minutes. Like, you could do infinitely worse things for 55 minutes of your time. Yeah. You could hold up three convenience stores in that time. That would be way worse. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, tell them stuff, Dan. Oh, uh, okay. So, next week on the show, something very special is happening, folks. We got screeners. Yeah. That's right. After all this time of bitching. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, they weren't from Netflix themselves. Uh, and uh, allow me to pull up this email really quick so I know who to uh, thank uh, v- for for being so awesome. Uh, so these screeners came by way of Jordan from Holland Company Incorporated. Uh, and it is for Unabomber in his own words. This is a true crime series about the Unabomber, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, the series will feature never-before-seen footage of Ted Kaczynski talking about his manifesto in jail in Florence, Colorado. Uh, we'll also have audio footage of the much-rumored Harvard CIA mind control experience that a then-16-year-old uh, then math prodigy Ted was subjected to. And it features exclusive and unprecedented access to family and personal artifacts through the eyes of brother David Kaczynski, who relives the heart-wrenching dilemma of identifying his brother to authorities. So, uh, I believe it's four episodes. They're about an hour long. So it's a, a four hour long series. Uh, and I just want to thank Jordan again at Holland company for, uh, recognizing that we are the greatest of all time. It's true. Uh, and on the back of that, we have a Patreon review segment from, uh, Julio at the contrarians. He gave us Steve jobs, the Michael Fassbender movie that Nick says he should have won the Academy award for. I can't wait to carry my personal biases into this. <laughs> it's true. I can't wait to watch him die of pancreatic cancer because he refused to accept regular treatment. Yeah. <laughs> fucking weird beard. I don't know. I should just watch the fucking Iraq Mad TV skit 20 times and then review that. Okay. <laughs> You've got to see this skit. So that'll be that'll be an exciting episode. Uh, where can the people find us if they're curious about us before then? Uh, you can stick to this podcast feed you're listening to us on, or you can visit our socials at Netflix and Swill, 
Or if you uh, want to learn more about us, go to netflixandswill.com. Or if you want to reach us in a long-term format, you can email us at netflixandswill at gmail.com. That is correct. Well, uh, as I mostly always say at the end of the show, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.